Greetings in Christ Jesus and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples podcast. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity of Christ's kingdom here at Emmanuel. Thank you for joining us today. Today is Wednesday, February 22nd, 2023. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nauman, joined by Pastor Neil Radical. This morning we're going to begin with a brief devotional thought based on Psalm 25. Psalm 25 deals with memory and remembering, something that uh, all of us are, at least once you're past the age of 25, uh, we're losing. So our memories fade and go. And uh, uh, here we talked about what the Lord does remember what we ask the Lord not to remember. So it goes, Remember, O Lord, the tender mercies and your loving kindnesses, for they are from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to your mercy, remember me. For your goodness sake, O Lord, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore he teaches sinners in the way, the humble he guides in justice, and the humble he teaches his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth to such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. So this idea of memory, memory or remembering things, I think, is is uh, helpful to think about when it comes to God, because God is omniscient, which means He knows all things, and yet we're also asking Him not to remember the sins of our youth, but to remember us rather according to His goodness. And uh, the re- the basis for why we do this then is not because of who we are, but He says, "Remember your tender mercies." Remember your loving kindnesses, for they are from of old. Uh, so again, maybe I'll I'll just start with by asking the question, Pastor. How's how's your memory doing? <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> we talk about that all the time. <laughs> uh, it's not what I, it was, like you yeah. said. It, it's it's a struggle. I know there's memory exercises I should probably spend more time doing, especially since I have uh, Alzheimer's in my family. So mm. it's something I think about now and again. But, um, you know, this whole idea of remembering, I think, is important, um, like you're saying, because I I guess what I would like to hear you talk about, too, is when we talk about the Lord remembering or not, I was thinking, what what are we holding on to? You know, what do we remember from our our younger days? You know, whether it be our childhood, what do we we hold on to those days? Some of our memories can be pretty bad, maybe even horrific, and we have those cherished memories as well, where maybe something really good happened to us. And I, I like that idea of what, what is the what do we want the Lord to cling to? Yeah, so I want to think about that for a second. So, I mean, we talk about how we don't remember a lot of the important things like we should remember, but isn't it good that we don't remember everything? Yeah. Like, could you imagine having to remember your every day of your life, having to remember everything that's ever happened? I mean, obviously, we don't remember we don't remember sins and the the bad things that happened too. But there's a lot of monotony. Like, could you imagine having to remember every shift you've worked, <laughs> every every hour you've worked at? I used to work at the Menards DC, or I used to pack cheese. Like, I'm glad I don't remember all that, because it was super boring, right? If I, if I was forced to think about every minute, but God gave us these amazing brains that are able to hold on to certain things, like you say, those cherished things, things that shape us, and then also to forget things. Um, you know, and, and, you know, some people, they forget things, and it uh, it can actually be healthy to, to, to move past things, you know, th- ways that you've been wronged, or bad things that have happened to you, or, or challenges that you've had in the past. Um, I used to have a stutter and I don't remember my I don't remember what it was like to have a stutter anymore I moved moved past it right it's a, a I grew through it um, so that, you know there's there's different things in life and I, I think it points to the amazingness of God's creation that 
we don't remember all these things. But here in the Psalm 25, a Psalm of David, um, David says here, do not remember the sins of my youth. And, you know, I think that's a, one, a verse that we've all cling to at some point in our life. We can all think back to, you know, and especially during our, the days of our youth when we were young and more foolhardy and did more foolish things. Um, that uh, And, you know, sometimes those, those sins can come back to haunt you. Um, sometimes you remember them when after you haven't thought about them for a long time and all of a sudden you back and you feel guilty and you think about it again. And um, uh, here we're asking God, do not remember those things. So let me ask you, Pastor, uh, on what basis can God, who knows all things, forget things? Do you know what I mean? How do we understand that <coughs> biblically? I think that's similar to what we've been studying in Romans together. You know, we're looking at the not accounting those sins. Hmm. You know, he's forgetting them in the senses because he's forgiving them, because he has forgiven them, he lets them go. So it's really the, the sinner, the soul of the person. You know, you think of maybe David saying, okay, Lord, don't, I know what I've done. Don't hold this against me anymore. So in your mercy, in your loving kindness, you know, forget those things that I've done against you. You know, you, you, you told me you've forgiven them. Now, please help me realize that you've really forgotten them. You let them go. They're not, you know, like Jesus says, as far as the east is from, the West, you know, so far as he, well, not Jesus, but the, the Lord has said that to us, you know, so far he's removed our sins from us. He's cast them in the depths of the sea. And so that idea of him forgetting them is not like, well, God doesn't forget anything. But when he's said they're forgiven, he has let them go. He doesn't hold them against us. Mm-hmm. Right? He doesn't account them to us as unrighteousness anymore because of Christ's righteousness. Right. So, you know, that forgiveness is there that because, you know, it's because of your mercy, your goodness sake. So it's, it's because of how awesome and loving our God is that he, that he does forgive us our sins for Jesus sake because of the work of Jesus Christ. Um, but there is something that we can do now even as believers to reject that goodness of God to, to, uh, say no thanks. And that is, you know, really the act of pride or, um, not, not acknowledging our sin. And that's, that's where, the psalmist here, David, kind of goes on. He says, for your name's sake, uh, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. And he says, hum- in the humble he guides in justice, the humble he teaches his way. So, you know, what we can in our pride and in our rejection of that free grace of Christ, we can reject God. Uh, last week in, our, in your religion class, when you were out sick last week, we talked about the doctrine that's taught in many Reformed churches of once saved, always saved. And the question with that is, well, can, you know, once God saves you, you know, once you once you become a believer, is it possible to fall away? And uh, the Lutheran answer to that is a resounding yes. And part of the reason why is there's so many warnings in Scripture about uh, one of the yeah one of the things we point to is look how many warnings there are about falling away or about the dangers of temptation or the dangers of false teaching. Uh, and and as soon as we in our pride think that we're standing strong on our own or that we don't need God's help or that we don't have sin in this area or that area, well now we're we're treading in dangerous ground because the Lord guides the humble. The Lord uh, guides, uh, teaches the humble. And then that last line, pardon me, pardon my iniquity for it is great. You know, this last verse, as you said, this last week in Bible class, we uh, were in Romans chapter five. And at the end it says, where grace about, where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. And, you know, I just always picture on Saturday night, I, I drew an illustration of, you know, just a hill and I called that hill sin. And then we had a bigger hill on top of it, grace. And I said, how big is this hill? And the, and the answer is, well, it depends on your perspective, right? So I drew a tiny little, I, at first I drew a, I tried to draw a, a mole coming out of the hill, right? So it's a little mole hill. So if your sin is as big as a mole hill, well, then how big is God's grace? 
a little bit bigger than a molehill, right? Not that big. But if then I erase that and try to do it again, and I drew a teeny little stick figure on the top of the mountain like it was a huge mountain, right? And so if you understand your sin as a huge mountain, a mountain of sin, well, then now how big is God's grace? You know, and so that that verse there, for your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. The greater we understand our own sinfulness, and that's where the law comes in, right? Because the law shows us our sin. The greater we understand our sinfulness, the greater we understand God's love for us. Because where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. It's not where where sin was there a little bit, but not too bad. <laughs> grace was there a little bit more, yeah. right? It's where sin abounded. It's it's great and, and it's it's uh, overwhelming us, and yet God's love overwhelms that sin and, and wipes it away so that, as you say, it's not accounted to us anymore. I love that too because that first part it says for your name's sake, so ultimately for your glory, for your reputation, mm-hmm. you know, you, you do these things. And again, one of the things I love about our study of God is that he, he separates himself from the other gods of showing that his reputation, his name is greater mm-hmm. because he's greater than our sin. He's, his love is greater than all those things. Right. And all these attributes of God in here, tender mercies, loving kindness, uh, mercy, goodness, you know, all these things, upright, good, uh, all these things describe, you know, that's part of God's name. You know, I always emphasize that, you know, God's name is not just Jehovah. It's not just God. Uh, God's name is everything that describes and identifies who he is. So it's like, you know, when I look at, look at you, I say, Neil, you know, it's all the stuff that comes along. It's characters. Right, yeah. yeah. You know, if but if I just say, you know, Steve, well, who's Steve? You, right. know, you know what I mean? I know a right. couple Steves, and each one of those Steves has, is a different person. But the name of God is everything that comes with him. And uh, that's all these characteristics we see here. Nice. Awesome. Let's pray. Lord God, our sin is great. We need your loving hand every day. Forgive us once more this day for our failures. Help us to walk as your children. Lead us uh, as we continue to humble ourselves before you, acknowledging, acknowledging our sin, trusting in your goodness for forgiveness. Lord, thank you for sharing your name with us. Help us to continue to study your name through your word and learn of all that you've done for our salvation. We pray these things in your name. Amen. A uh, number of updates, reminders. Uh, once again, online midweek Bible class is on break until after the season of Lent. So uh, uh, please note that we'll not be doing that. Today is Ash Wednesday, the beginning of the Lenten season. Um, you probably noticed as you looked outside your window today that there's snow. Um, so please watch for an email about what our plan is for that. Uh, I would imagine it's probably already out by this point. So uh, please stay tuned as to what our plans are for Ash Wednesday with this big snowstorm coming through right now. Um, coming up next weekend is the Christian Athletic League Tournament here at Emmanuel. Uh, members of Emmanuel can get your complimentary wristbands this weekend in church, um, but we do need more volunteers, so you look for information in our emails and in the bulletin on how you can volunteer and help out with that. It's one of the bigger events here at Emmanuel every year, so we need, need help. Uh, the next week, uh, Friday, March 10th, we are hosting a Red Cross blood drive for that uh, that Friday. So uh, please, if you give regularly, or if you've never given before, consider giving uh, to the blood drive and uh, give the gift of life to those who those who need it. Uh, they think they say every like two minutes somebody needs a new a bag of another bag of blood. So uh, something that uh, some a way we can certainly help people who in need. That same weekend, March 10th through the 12th, is a CLC grade school basketball tournament in Eau Claire. Uh, so we'll have quite a few people out of town traveling up there. So uh, again, if you can give blood, uh, plan to give that Friday. Uh, the, coming up at the end of the month of March is uh, Arts Camp. 
It's March 24th through the 26th. Um, we're in need of a couple uh, uh, housing situations for a couple volunteers who are coming from out of town to help with that. So if you can help with that, please get a hold of myself or Amber Casto. Uh, this summer, uh, Emmanuel's going to be hosting a vicar once more. Pastor Radical's been working with uh, Paul Genton. You want to talk about what we can expect from that, Pastor? Yeah, if you remember back in 2020, Pastor Drew Nauman was here, vicar at the time, and he came and stayed the whole summer, and we called him to be uh, vicar slash uh, pastoral assistant for the summer, and he worked into the vicarship program into the beginning of the school year, so he was here about four months. Paul Genton and his wife Courtney and their three little girls are the dorm parents in Eau Claire while he's going to SEM, so they will only be able to come for June and July, but the SEM seminary there still wants him to have his ongoing training, and so the congregation has allotted some uh, financial um, opportunity for the him, us to kind of have use him for the summer, and that uh, that's going to coincide with that vicar program as well. And so, uh, Lord willing, if everything goes the way we're plan, planning, he'll be here this summer with his family, and we'll look forward to getting to know him. And he'll get a lot of experience with Bible studies, and you know, in the community, and preaching over the weekends, and uh, visiting, and seeing shut-ins, and all the kind of wonderful stuff that the ministry entails. So he'll be quite busy, and we're looking forward to having him here to support the ministry yeah so looking forward to that in june and july uh, on our prayer list for the week uh we continue to pray for our four cancer patients tom jensen carrie dale pastor john hine up in fridley and norma carlson um this week i believe norma is starting her radiation treatment so we keep norma in our prayers uh val landon had successful foot surgery last friday um that had due to some complications from another surgery she had years ago, but it went well. Um, she's expecting quite a long recovery at this point, so we'll keep certainly keep her in our prayers in the months to come. And then also on Saturday, Harold and Betty Woolley celebrated their 76th wedding anniversary. So, uh, boy, that's amazing, that's isn't awesome. it? You know, 70, is that the average lifespan or something? Isn't, <laughs> yeah, pretty I'm pretty sure 76 is like the average yeah, it's pretty awesome. life expectation, and they've been married for that long. So uh, what an amazing, amazing blessing that is. Which brings us to our Wisdom of Solomon's Proverbs today. We're in, in chapter 28, and Pastor picked out a verse for us to take a look at here. There's 28 verses in chapter 28 of Proverbs, and a lot of it talks about how we focus on our contentment versus earthly wealth. A lot of things about the, the poor and the, and the fools and those who are rich. There's a lot of that throughout the Proverbs, but especially here, it talks about our property and possessions and how we are not to be wise in our own eyes. But verse 14 speaks to this interesting verse here where it says, Happy is the man who is always reverent, but he who hardens his heart will fall into calamity. A couple of quick comments I have on that is, reverent is not a word I particularly care for because it's typically used with the idea of reverend. You know, so you think of that word that's often described as pastors as reverend. You know, that's not a bad word. It's just, I don't always feel very reverent when it comes to what I'm supposed to be. And I know what God's word says. But the idea of reverence is good. It's to reflect. It's to think about what was the Lord's will. How should we behave as Christians, as believers? And so that happy is a man who's always reverent. It's, you know, he's, he's trying to control his tongue. He's trying to walk blamelessly. He's trying to follow the fear of the Lord. And I, I think that's a, a helpful word for Christians to have that mindset is that you know, we know that the Lord reminds us that we are to be peaceful in this world, to not to walk circumspectly and not as fools. And so that idea of reverence is an important one for the believer. 
And the contrast, as the Proverbs always does so well, is, but he who hardens his heart will fall into calamity. So, uh, Pastor, do you have any thoughts on the reverence? And I'll let you kind of take a, a, a shot at the second half of that, too. Yeah, so uh, the right reverend, isn't that how you're supposed to refer to your pastor, the right reverend? You can be the right reverend and I'll be the wrong reverend. <laughs> or the left reverend. I don't think we want to do that. We don't want to do that. Okay, okay. Uh, so, yeah, the word reverent, you know, it may, the, the synonym maybe that comes to my mind is solemn or uh, maybe like steadfast. You know, Meek, uh, maybe? Meek? Yeah. Eh, I don't, I don't okay. see meek. Okay. But <laughs> maybe. <laughs> That's uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, the idea of steadfast or faithful or um, not, not uh flying all over the place, not willy-nilly, but, you know, steady and, and steadfast, I guess is kind of what, what comes to my mind. And that's certainly, I think, something that as pastors, as reverends, something that we we strive for, you know, that we're not tossed about by every wind of doctrine. You know, there's not, we're not here, there, and everywhere, but we're, you know, steadfast and, you know, faithfulness. Um, doesn't Paul say to Timothy that faithfulness is one of the most important virtues yeah. uh, for a pastor? Um, so that, you know, that's why I think that connection reverent comes from and yeah. I think oh go ahead oh, I was just saying to your point isn't the root word revere and ultimately oh sure to revere ultimately we say well not to revere we would say don't revere us revere oh. the revere the, I mean we, we appreciate respect in that office of pastor but it really comes back to the re- reverent is revering the Lord is really what it comes down to I think right, right yeah and that you know you sure, certainly shouldn't respect your pastor because of who your pastor is right, it's, right. you respect your pastor you know and hopefully you know, we act in ways that is deserving of respect, but ultimately recognizing that the call that each one of us have received is a, a call from God and that, that God uh, uh, is the one who placed us here. And so why, why should you revere your pastor? Why should you take his word seriously and listen carefully to the, the gospel and the, the law that he presents is because God has put us here and, um, you know, not, not that we're flawless, not that every word we speak is straight from the mouth of God or anything like that, but, um, but because God has called us to be here and God has called us to work, work among you, uh, our, our members as well. So um, it's something that, some, yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously this word reverent is used as something that we should always strive to be. And it's not just pastors, but it's all men, right? And then I think that's something that we should, we should all, all of us men, should should strive to be faithful, to strive to be steadfast, strive to not be tossed about um, uh, willy nilly, but to be uh, steadfast, grounded, rooted in the Word of God, and you know, built on the Rock of Christ. Encouraging our families, encouraging our yeah. loved ones, you know, leading in the way the Lord would want us to lead for sure. You know, and the, I think the flip side with that second half is that he who hardens his heart, in other words, he who does not revere, who is not reverent of the Lord's word, does not revere the Lord will fall into calamity, will, we mentioned earlier in our devotion, you know, fall into those temptations that we're warned about, all those warnings that the Lord gives to us. So we harden our heart against what we should be revering, the Word of God, we're going to have quite the falls in our life mm-hmm. and struggles that we're going to have. And so the wisdom, again, comes back to we're happy, we're blessed if we're revering the Word of the Lord, is reverent towards God and His Word, and behaves such way so that we don't harden our heart in the day of rebellion against the Lord when it comes to making wise decisions and following him first and foremost in our life. Yeah, I mean, the hardening of heart, you know, that's connects like back to the pride like we talked about before, being humble versus being pride, you know, and being, 
being reverent, being a reverend doesn't mean that you're doesn't mean that you're proud. You know, and I think that's an important this contrast you're talking about here because sometimes we can think of well, if you're reverent, if you're solemn, you're so proud about who you are. You're you know you're but that's the psalmist is or the writer of the proverb, writer of proverbs here is clearly said not not saying that just because you're reverent or solemn or quiet that you're being proud necessarily, um, but it's the hard rather that hardening of heart that leads to pride and leads to f- the fall. Uh, maybe a good thing to think of is Jesus here. You know, I, mm. sometimes it's hard to picture Jesus, you know, being happy because I mean we think of him being very reverent, but you know if he's revering his heavenly Father's will at all times perfectly, you know, he, we say he's blessed. I think we could say. He's happy. We know he's joyful and carrying out his father's will, and he obviously did that out of joy and love for us too. So there's there's a there's a it's good thought. a handle here with Christ, I think, as well, because he doesn't he never hardens heart against his father's will. Right, right. All right. Uh, our hymn of the day is hymn five sixty three in the red hymnal. It goes, "The sun's last beam of light is gone. The darksome night comes swiftly on. O Christ, our light upon us shine." Lest we to sin's dark ways incline. We thank thee that throughout the day thine angels kept all harm away. Thy grace from care and vexing fear hath led us on in safety here. Lord, if we angered thee today, remember not our sins, we pray, but let thy mercy o'er them sweep and give us calm and restful sleep. Let angels guard our sleeping hours and drive away all evil powers, our soul and body while we sleep. In safety, gracious Father, keep. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Twin Steeples podcast. Once again, Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota. For more information about the ongoing activity here, we'd invite you to check out our website, emmanuelmankato.org. Until next time, may God bless and keep you, and may you always remember, Emmanuel, God is with you.